mamas and welcome to the third episode of the Single Mother Survival Guide podcast. So today I want to talk about my top tips for single mom travel. Sorry, you have to excuse my voice. (laughs) It's a bit croaky. I've been a bit sick on and off all winter. It's driving me absolutely crazy. But anyway, so my daughter and I just got back from a holiday to Fiji, which was amazing um, towards the end anyway. But um, we've done a lot of traveling actually because my daughter's father lives in Perth, which is on the other side of the country. So we often fly over there uh, just so she can see him. And so I've learned a lot of things along the way, even from when she was a very small baby. So I just thought I'd put a little podcast together with all my tips that I've picked up along the way so that if you're planning any trips, um, you've got some ideas of how to make it easier and better. Traveling with children is difficult enough as it is, and it's even harder as a single parent. So I just think pre-planning is the key. So if you take all these things in into consideration, I think it's going to make your trip a lot better. So the first thing is do what you can online. So everything that you can do prior to travel online, do it. So you want to check in online, you want to pre-book any transfers, anything like that that you can do, do it. There's nothing worse than standing in long queues with your child or children and especially if they tend to run off like my one does and um, there's, it's not really recommended to leave um, your luggage unattended <laughs> at an airport so the last thing you want is someone to plant something in your luggage um, because you've had to run off after your child but you might not have a choice so just minimizing the time spent standing in queues is is best second of all if you're going overseas pre-prepare legally so the last thing you want is to be turned back at the airport because you discover that your ex has put your child on the airport watch list and I'll put a link to a page on my website which um, tells you how to find out if you're on the airport watch list Um, so you just want to make sure that you do that that doesn't apply for domestic travel but another thing that you might want to do is carry a letter from your child's father saying that they've agreed to the travel. I wouldn't I would never get a letter from my ex, so I would I always carry the our court orders with us which state that I well, that we are free to travel and I also always carry a copy of my daughter's birth certificate because my daughter and I have different surnames. So I know that I've never experienced it, but I know a lot of single mums have experienced some proof of ID um, or a letter or court orders. So best to be prepared. You don't want to get there and then get turned away. Thirdly, um, make sure if you've got an early start, make sure you're completely packed and ready to go the night before because nothing's easy at 4.30 in the morning. You just want to have a shower, get dressed and go. And you don't want to have to do any last minute packing or anything like that. So you can get your breakfast if you want to take it and eat it at the airport. You can pack it in the fridge ready to go. Or I just get a breakfast at the airport and then it's sort of a little treat anyway for when we get there. Um, If you have a little one, it's a really good idea to hire or take a stroller. Further to my first point, it eliminates the risk of them running off. So yeah, it's a good idea. And just remember to take anything out of the bottom of the stroller before you hand it to the flight attendants before you get on the plane. Because I recently, when we flew back to from Fiji, I was sitting next to this woman. She had a baby and across the aisle was her husband and 
their other two children and they realized that they had left all the iPads in the bottom of the stroller before they handed them in and they pretty much cried. (laughs) They didn't care about the money. They were like, well, there's travel insurance, but it is a bit of a um, pain if you've sort of misplaced your entertainment for the flight for the kids, which leads me on to the next point, which is technology. Technology is your friend. So I guess back in the day, people did survive without iPhones, iPads and tablets, etc. But I promise you, it's going to make your life easier. So my daughter doesn't have an iPad. She's a little bit <laughs> deprived when it comes to technology. And we don't actually own any devices except for my iPhone. But I think if you've got them, use them. And even having my iPhone and having apps on there that my daughter likes is so good. You can sync it to the in-flight entertainment. And it's just like she's just on my phone the entire time. So it's, um, it's a good idea. Next, uh, check in early. So if you're checking in early, it means that you're not stressed, you're not rushing around, and it also gives you a better chance of getting a good seat. So it's also worth asking if there's somewhere to sit that has a spare seat. Um, and if you need a bassinet, you will need to pre-book this with the airline over the phone a few days beforehand. So don't think that you can just turn up to the airport and automatically get a bassinet. Um, seat just because you have a baby and they also prioritize the age of the baby from youngest to oldest so yeah you're best to pre-book it Um, choose your seat wisely I personally find the back of the plane is not great because it's where all the action is and all the flight attendants hover around and that's where the toilets usually are so there's generally quite a big queue and it's not really a conducive environment for settling a baby or a toddler and also if you have a baby noise noise cancelling headphones are quite good too um my next tip is to board early so listen out for the early boarding call for people that have children and get on the plane early and just get organized before it gets packed out so i like to keep two bags with me and i usually keep the essentials by my feet and then some extras in the overhead compartment and it's a good idea to bring spare clothes, even if your child is toilet trained, because you never know what's going to happen. And there's usually a lot of drink spillage and everything with these, you know, flimsy tables that get knocked over all the time by kids. So if you have a spare set of clothes, it's a good idea. My eighth tip is snacks, snacks, and more snacks. I always take so much food. It's ridiculous. Fruit, crackers, sultanas, sandwiches, cheese, you know, and also water because it's kind of annoying to keep asking for water on the plane. Um, Food solves so many problems um, when you have children and it's also great distraction for them. So I also like to pack a couple of little treats like lollipops and these are also really good when you're going up and down in the plane and they're also good for, you know, bribery (laughs) or, um, yeah, things like that. Next is um, ask for help or accept help if it's offered for you. Like I think we're just so scared to ask people for anything. And if someone offers, we're like, oh, no, 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 that's fine. Thank you, though. You know, like, why not just say yes? Like flight attendants are happy to help. Um, That's their job, you know, and complete strangers. They're not going to offer if they're not happy to help you. So don't be scared to say yes. So if another passenger's asking you to help you with your bags, just, you know, say yes. Why not? It's going to make your job easier. My next tip is go to the front of taxi queues. So 
This might not be as relevant overseas, but in Australia, if you go straight to the front of the taxi queue, they're going to put you to the side. And as soon as a taxi with a car seat comes along, it's yours. So there's no point wasting time in the queue. Having said that, different states have different laws. So make sure you check the relevant state laws of where you're going if you're traveling within Australia. So for example, in New South Wales, you cannot travel with a baby under one in a taxi without the baby being in a car seat. But in WA... You can travel in a taxi with a baby on your lap if it's under one, if it's in a baby carrier. So, you know, you want to make sure that you check these things out so you know what you're doing. The baby carrier is also um, a really good idea to take if you have a baby. I used to always carry my daughter in a baby carrier. It just means that you've got both hands free. You can put a backpack on and you can carry a handbag. You can easily get boarding passes out and so on and Yeah, it's a lot easier. Um, Okay, so as I recently discovered in Fiji, make it easy. Do you really need to book a hotel on the other side of the country, which is what I did? (laughs) For me personally, actually, it was worth it. But, you know, do your research. Like, you want to make it easy. You're on your own. You've got one or more children with you. It's going to be a long flight, and then you probably don't want to get on a bus for two hours like we did. So just have a think about it and see what you want to do. My next tip is research the hotels. So I really think it's so important just do as much research as you can. So read reviews and ask for recommendations, and you'll want a hotel that's child friendly. And if you need a cot, you're going to want one that provides one because the less you have to carry, the better. Some hotels also have playgrounds or special swimming pools for kids, which is going to make your trip a lot more enjoyable because your kids are going to be happier. Also, tell the hotel when you're booking that you have a child because they often have other things on that you don't know about. So there might be additional like activities for kids or you know they might tell you that they've got free breakfast for kids. Um, so yeah, definitely mention it and also make sure you have a fridge in the room, a mini fridge, and this way you can buy snacks and milk and have it handy in your room. And the other thing you want to ask for, if you can, is a bath. So if that, if you, if that's what your kids are actually normally used to having a bath, um, they don't all have baths rooms these days. So you want to request one if you, if you want one. And also check that the wall, (laughs) this is going to sound a little bit pedantic, but the wall between the room and the bathroom is not made of glass because you don't want to be tiptoeing around in the bathroom in the dark because you don't want to turn the light on because it's going to light up the whole hotel room. So I also always make sure that there's a separate space in the room, whether it's a balcony or a separate sitting area, because it's your holiday too, you know, and if you want to be able to have some time to yourself when the, when your child or children are sleeping, it's you really sort of need it. Otherwise, you're going to be hiding out in the dark or tiptoeing around. And this way you can sort of put your feet out, relax and, you know, get some stuff done or read or whatever without worrying about anything while your kids sleep. Um, the next thing you should do, you want to hide the contents of the mini bar. So if there's a mini bar they're usually quite accessible to little people. So I suggest taking everything out and putting it somewhere out of view and out of reach because you don't want to get out of the shower and find that your toddler has devoured a, you know, like a tube thing of Pringles and 
a bag of nuts and now you owe the hotel like $100. So definitely keep them out of the way. You also might want to research other accommodation options. So there's so many things available these days. Like you don't have to stay in a beautiful resort. You know, you can get an Airbnb um, sort of small house. You can stay in a cabin. You could even do a home swap, you know, which means you get quite a budget conscious holiday and you'll also get extra things to make your life easier, like a kitchen. So definitely have a look at those sort of options as well. Okay, my next tip is take food from the buffet breakfast to save money on lunch. So when my daughter and I went to Fiji, they used to have these amazing buffet breakfasts. Um, and I used to just make a couple of sandwiches and take a piece, couple of pieces of fruit and like some little pastries. And we just eat them at lunch on our balcony, especially if you've got a kid that is fussy with food, like mine is lately being, and you know, you're going to buy a $15 kid's meal and they're not going to eat it anyway. So yeah, if you just take some little food like that, it's going to save you money, which you can, you know, spend on something fun. And it's also going to avoid, you know, eating out three times a day is apart from expensive, it's pretty difficult for children to sit still, which is my next point. Don't eat out every night. Trust me on this one. It's very stressful. (laughs) Um, Kids don't cope very well with sitting still for very long periods of time and waiting for food. So definitely eat out sometimes because, you know, it's your holiday too and you want to eat some nice food. But see if you can stock up on some child-friendly meals at, um, you know, somewhere or even a market or something or get room service and eat in your room sometimes as well. My other tip is make friends with other families. So this was a bit of a lifesaver for me, actually, when we went to Fiji. Um, My daughter became really good friends with with this little girl who was the same age as her. And it was so good because she's having a great time and you can talk to some other adults as well. And if you need to go to the toilet, you don't have to drag your child with you because, you know, hopefully these lovely people that you meet will be happy to watch your child for five minutes. So, yeah, it's really nice for everyone, actually. Okay, my next tip is travel light. So I took just twice as many things as I really needed when we went to Fiji. You know, if you're not going to wear that dress at home, you're not going to wear it on your holiday. It's You always have these kind of weird expectations. Oh, oh yeah, I'll wear that, but you never do. If you're not going to wear it at home, what's, don't, just don't bring it. Um, same goes for gym clothes. You're really, you're not going to get to the gym. Like, good on you if you do, but it's probably not going to happen. So you don't need to bring your, you know, your sneakers and your gym clothes. (laughs) I personally think it's a waste of time. I just looked at them going, oh, and then I just felt guilty for not being at the gym. Uh, Same with books and magazines. You're not going to read five magazines and six books. So I think two books, two magazines per week of travel is probably a good thing. And otherwise you're just going to look at them longingly. (laughs) Although I've said about not taking too much definitely take a lot of medicine so you want to make sure that you're ready for any single illness well the main ones that could arise and this means for you as well so as a minimum for my daughter I always bring Panadol, Nurofen, cough medicine um, like some Vicks Vaporub, a thermometer, band-aids, hydrolyte, uh, saline solution and like a um, burn sting type gel and um, nasal spray for my daughter and for me I bring Panadol and some stronger flu medication like Codrol and Hydrolite and some 
anti-diarrhea like, medication. So it sounds a bit excessive, but seriously, if, if you're going to get sick or your child gets sick, you are the one that has to drag yourselves out to find a chemist and you might be in an isolated area and there's, there's just no one else to go and get supplies for you. So you just want to make sure just to be safe, you've, you know, you've covered yourself for, for the main things. Also bring toys. So like I said before, I know I've harped on about not taking too much, but you really do still need to pack a few toys and books and things like that because you might have days where it's raining or you might decide to have a quiet afternoon in the hotel. And I actually think it's a really good idea. Like just don't overdo it every single day. Um, so if you have some toys and books, um, you know, it's, it's nice for the kids to just have some downtime and just have a bit of a play and yeah, not be dragged around. Um, take some time for you. So I think, in order to be the best parent that you can be, you really need to look after yourself too. So it doesn't make you a bad parent if you get a babysitter or, you know, put them in kids club for a couple of mornings or afternoons. Like it's your holiday as well. And you probably don't get a lot of time to just chill out. So, you know, use, use the facilities and have a bit of a relax as well. My next tip is stick to the routine. So we all know that kids thrive on routine and I think you should stick to it whilst you're on your holiday to have the best holiday you can. So if your child still sleeps during the day at home, try to make sure they still get asleep on the holiday. Otherwise it's going to end in disaster for everyone. They're just going to get cranky and scream and you're just going to be like far out. This is not a holiday. So yeah, stick to the routine as much as you can. It's, I think it's a bit of a sensation overload for kids, like going to a new place and everything's different. You know, everything smells different. Everything tastes different. Everything looks different. You know, we went to Fiji, people were shouting out, Bula! you know, my daughter's face every five seconds. It's really like full on. So if you stick to the routine as much as you can, then I just think it makes things easier. Um, if you're going somewhere that, you can't drink the tap water. See if you can buy water in bulk to save money. So on our recent trip to Fiji, we just drank so much water and I bought a case of one liter water bottles at the airport and they saved so much money because the whole, I bought a case, 12 one liter bottles for $20 and they were selling at my hotel at the hotel for like $9 each. So, you know, it's a pretty big savings and then you can, you know, spend that money on something fun. My next tip is, try to make the best of crappy situations. So sometimes things don't go to plan. So don't let it ruin your holiday. So try to stay positive. You've probably spent a lot of money to make this holiday happen. So make the best of it. There are some things that are out of your control, like the weather in Fiji, it rained pretty much the majority of the time. And yeah, I was disappointed, but my daughter didn't care. And we had a great time in the end. So just try to make the best of every day. Let your children be the guides. So I just think it's stressful for kids to be dragged from place to place or activity to activity. So, you know, it's not really going to be fun for anyone. So cater it to suit their age and ask for their input. Um, You know, they might prefer to do something over something else. And yeah, I think everyone will have a much better time if everyone's sort of involved in the decision making. And my last tip is, have a look at some websites or tour companies that cater especially for single parent travel. So there's a website which is called um, booksinglesholidays.com and I'm going to put the link in the show notes. But 
as part of that, they do tours for single parents. And like for next year, they've got tours going to like Morocco and Italy and, you know, they're single parent groups. So that would be awesome. And there's also a website, an Australian website called um, holidayswithkids.com.au and they sort of recommend hotels and they offer a lot of travel advice and that is also catered for single parent travel. So have a look at those sort of things because you really want to make sure you make the best decisions to get the most out of your holiday. Anyway, that's about it. So sorry, it's quite a lot of um, things there to think about, but I hope that they do sort of make a difference to your holiday and um, make it a bit easier for you. And if you are going away anywhere soon, have fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Single Mother Survival Guide. And I would love it if you could rate us on iTunes um, and write a quick review. And I'll speak to you next week. Bye.